Blog Talk Radio. by one of the lost artists of the 70s, Alan Parsons Project. And uh, unfortunately, what happened was my normal theme music started, so I interjected that. And the reason I played Games People Play is I wanted a, a song that would kind of lead us into tonight's subject, which is a little different than what I normally cover on the Run to Daylight podcast. Uh, We're not going to be making a live fantasy lineup tonight. The games are already off on a night where the NBA has started back up with a three-game slate. But instead, we're going to be talking about a passion that I've had for going on 40 years. It's a small niche hobby, but when I was a kid, it was the only option if you wanted to have uh, play and see what players could do. We would recreate it with cards and dice on a table, most of the time your parents' card table. There's still a very, very loyal bunch of guys who still play the games. And tonight, my special guest is Steve Tower from <laughs> of um, After Further Review. There you and, go. Uh, had, a little, had a little brain freeze there. But, um, <laughs> no problem. What's interesting about Steve is he will take board games and, you know, if when I was a kid was the golden age of sports board gaming, if you're an enthusiast and you really enjoy the hobby, I don't know exactly what to call it, but we're living in a second golden age where the internet has made it so that a lot of different people have the ability to make games and there's good communities online, including the Tabletop Delphi Forum, 
where people can find out information on games. And Steve is a gentleman who reviews board games and does these really great, intricate reviews of these games online on YouTube. Steve, how you doing? Welcome to the Run to Daylight podcast. All right. Thanks for having me on, Todd. I'm doing fantastic. And uh, glad to be on the show here and share my share my enthusiasm for the, the tabletop sports hobby with your, with your listeners here. Yep. And uh, I know that I started my first game was my, you know, we, I had the little, what, what was it? All-star baseball where you would spin and it would, you know, it was just the hitters cards that really mattered and uh, quickly kind of got into Stratomatic Baseball and APBA were kind of the kings of the hill back then. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell us about how old you were when you started playing and what games broke you into the hobby? Sure. Well, I'm actually fairly new to sports tabletop games, and the way that I discovered them was purely by accident, and I was just searching for something baseball related on Google and one of the links that came up was to uh, replay games. And so I clicked on that and said, huh, this looks interesting. And uh, this was just back in, I think like 2006. And so I picked up replay baseball and immediately fell in love. And my first thought was, my God, this is great. Where has this been (laughs) all my life? I feel like I, I missed out on, you know, when I had free time when I was a kid, and um, so I dove right into it, and then I uh, I picked up, at the time, they were publishing second season football, which they were licensing uh, from Play.com, and so I picked that up, and then when uh, uh, it went back to Play.com, then I followed it over there, and then got involved in all the other games um, from the, uh, the Play.com catalog, and um, that, that, that's of, really in, that's really interesting because most of us have been doing this for forty years, and and I didn't realize how how old are you, Steve? I I just turned the big four zero this past year. So. Uh young pup. Yeah. Young pup, yeah. <laughs> so did, when you were young, did you play games like Madden and other games like that on consoles? Oh sure, yeah. So I I grew up. Uh, I had the the NES. That was my first, uh, or no, actually, no, I had the, the Atari. That was my very first game system, the Atari 2600. And um, my older brother had uh, an Intellivision. Um, I loved and, Intellivision. And, yeah. The baseball yeah, so and the I, football for Intellivision were excellent. Yeah, yeah. So I played the football game a lot. And then, of course, the little uh, um, the little handheld electric, um, you know, like basketball and baseball games that they had, and um, there were just little, you know, four four one five four four one five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then um, I actually got into board gaming, um, probably about twenty years ago, and um, uh, when was yeah, I guess about that not long now, fifteen twenty years ago. Um, Sort of go back into what I, I used to play Magic the Gathering back in. I was going to say Dungeons and Dragons and that sort of uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then um, it was actually it was um, a guy who did board game reviews. I believe he's one of the very first one, uh, Scott Nicholson. 
and he did a board games with Scott and he did a review of a game called Pillars of the Earth and I enjoyed it so much that I purchased the game solely because of his review and it sort of always stayed in the back of my mind how neat that was that a game that I probably never would have found that because I watched his entertaining video um, you know it made me purchase it and probably a lot of other people and um, so that's sort of what led me to starting my After Further Review channel many, many years later when um, History Maker Baseball was released. And that was... And, the, and that's the game by Play.com, is it not? Yes. Yeah, it's the... Uh, I, yeah, it's still the most recent game that they've uh, released. So it came out in 2013. And it, um, it, it really... I feel revolutionized what tabletop sports could do. And that was because you look at the cards and there's no numbers. So everybody that's grown up playing baseball games is familiar with some sort of grid of numbers, whether it's, um, you know, the, the columns and the APA cards or uh, the colored columns and the strat cards. And, you know, and then even on the, the replay uh, baseball has a grid, six by six grid, and um, you know those things they sort of worked, and they got the job done, and you know to varying degrees of um, accuracy, and you know they were fun and they had loyal following. But then all of a sudden, the History Maker Baseball came out, and it was like this breath of fresh air, and it it was you know you didn't know exactly, you, you sort of had a range of uh, you know that a player could accomplish over a season, so you weren't going to get any you know, ridiculous outcomes, but, um, you know, and that just made it so exciting. And I just dove into it and, uh, it has a fictional set that's available for it. So I dove right into that and created my own league. And, um, yeah, so I was just kind of puttering around one day and I said, you know what, I bet you that I could throw up a review. And so, uh, so I did and people watched it and, <laughs> And commented that's, on it. That, and, that, that, that's um, really amazing to me oh. because, it, it, you know, when you you, you kind of have a, a view in your head of what someone is going to be and what an interview is going to go like, and uh, definitely went off the rails a little bit uh, in a good way. And oh, you good. know, because okay. your story <laughs> is, is is very different than what I was expecting, but that's cool. Um, you know, History Maker Baseball, I know th it's funny because I, I tend to be more of a realist, um, mm -hmm. and this is nothing against their game, but, you know, I'm the type that if I feel that it's not accurate, I, it, it kills my enjoyment. But I, I can't help but notice how many people in the hobby really enjoy that game. Uh, yeah, and it... Because it's it's definitely something you look at it, and at first you think, well, there's no way that it could possibly capture, you know, what a player did. And the thing is, um, it you know it has ebbs and flows. Uh, so the best way that Keith described it when he, when the game first came out is most of the other games out there they look at the season in review. So they you know you know exactly what happened and you build the cards based on what the player did. And whereas history maker baseball sort of looks at it from, uh, from opening day perspective. And so you have an idea what a player can do. Um, 
but then things could happen. He could get hurt. He could go into a slump. He could, um, you know, there could be a, a bad article published in the, the local newspaper that gets him upset. And he, uh, you know, goes into he a slump into that night. Yeah. Um, and then. Well, let me interject one thing. Sure. And I, I hate to cut you off, but. No, no. I. I, I, I want to interject for anyone who might normally listen to my podcast and we do a lot with daily fantasy and, you know, just in general, the whole fantasy football genre is based on what might happen tomorrow where the board gaming is more of a replay. In other yep. words, we take what happened the year before and we put it into cards and dice or, facts which we'll talk about in a little bit and mm -hmm. we replay what happened and it definitely is a different dynamic than daily fantasy where you're guessing what's going to happen next so you you, you started the channel and how you know once you did it what made you want to do it again and how did you go about getting these companies to you know, uh, uh, how does the whole thing work for you to get games, and what's your process for reviewing? Well, it's it's changed a little bit because the first uh, the first couple of years they were just games that I owned and games that I liked, and um, and so I did a review of them and put them up, and that's why the first few reviews I did were uh, play games and uh, replay games. Because um, they're ones that I had and ones that I had played and I was familiar with, and um, I think it was after I did my second review that then I got the idea of doing a news show and really no agenda. It was just kind of like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I just talked about sports board game news. Would anybody even watch that? And um, you know, same kind of thing. I put it up and people watched and commented and said, "Wow, this is great!" and so I kept going and, um, you know, so then eventually, you know, it grew, I got, um, you know, 50, then a hundred subscribers, 150 subscribers and, um, started getting bigger. And then I, uh, I, how many are you up to? Um, nine, what am I up to this evening? About, uh, nine 39 I have right now. So that's, that's pretty incredible. Oh. So yeah, yeah. So you know, inching towards the big one thousand subscriber mark, and um, I, I might have to follow you. Let me know when you're at nine ninety eight or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I've never followed anyone. You know, I mean, my, my whole thing with YouTube is when I feel like watching it, I go there. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never, and don't feel bad. I've never subscribed to anything on YouTube. Uh, my daughter has though. She's nine years old. I started late in life, and. Uh, so she could teach me how to do it. So oh, okay. Um, <laughs> when you decided that you wanted to do, well, you know, well, let's let let me just say this. What I've noticed is you pretty much have two different types of shows. You have your review shows where you kind of go deep on a certain game, and then you do what a weekly news program where you review just in you know kind of like a news reporter uh, yep. announcing the news. Yeah, yeah, I have it set up so it's like, you know, just a, they usually end up being between three and five minutes, just kind of a short little bit. You can sit down and, you know, usually there'll be like one or, excuse me, there'll be like one or two big stories 
um, for the week that I'll highlight, and then I'll talk about what new releases came out, which are usually just you know new season sets for games, and and then I'll just give a quick update on the channel, what's what's going on, and and then wrap it up, and um, yeah, that and they've actually turned into my you know uh, the show that people tune in to watch um, every week. You know, people, it's kind of it's it's very gratifying. Like as soon as I post it. Um, you know, and then I'll go share it like on the Delphi forums and I'll come back and there'll already be, you know, a dozen or so people that have watched it, um, you know, just in a, in a few minutes time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something I think people sort of, um, you know, set their week on, you know, they know that Tuesday night is the, the sports board game news night. And, and then I've, uh, kind of branched out and I have a separate show now, uh, for a while I had two separate videos, um, the game of the week and the question of the week. And those were from, from viewer suggestions. I did that, but now I've combined them um, just into one show on Monday night. And so that one I did it. So it's kind of a more informal where it's me just sort of talking to the, to the viewers and sharing what's what I have on my table right now, what I'm playing. And, um, and then sometimes they'll have like a theme for what's going on and then invite people to share their, their games on the channel and then uh and then i'll have a question of the week where that's where the contest will come from uh once in a while where i'll give away a game or or a season and you know same kind of thing it'll be something sports related or sports board game related and um and you know that's been a great way to interact with fans and get a you know line of communication going and it's you know and it's another thing it's great i have a lot of people that i see every week leaving comments and uh you know, I've been there that's, right from uh, the beginning. So huh. that that's awesome. And so, how many games have you reviewed so far? And you know, just go through a little bit of the process. You know, of the uh, X game company sends you a game to be reviewed. Take us through your process of how you do that. Sure. Um, so I want to say that I've done around 20 actual reviews. Um, let me see here. Um, we don't oh, need an oh, exact I I've, number. But yeah, just no, to I've, get, done, yeah, I've done 32 of them. I, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're becoming so, an old-timer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the magic of technology. I can see my, my different uh, uh, themed shows that I put up and how many of them there are. So, um, so, so generally, um, if it's a game out of the blue that a company is, um, wanting me to review, usually it'll be by email. Um, you know, and they'll just send a message and say, saw your channel, or I've had a few companies that have said a fan, told us about your channel and that we should get our game on, on your show. Um, and then they'll just send me the game. And, um, I try to do a turnaround in a, in a couple months, but I say that there's no guarantee because I don't want to, you know, rush a review out just to meet a, a deadline. And I'll, uh, you know, go through and just give my, my honest opinion on the game and how I feel it plays. And, um, I mean, what's like the worst thing that you've ever said about a game? Because you 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 come off to me like a guy who 
really bends over backwards to try and be positive and to, um, but you know, what would go into, I won't say a bad review, but if you find something that you don't necessarily like, how, how do you handle that? Um, I'll usually phrase it as in that it didn't work for me. Some aspect of it I didn't enjoy, or I felt something, it was like kind of clunky, um, or, uh, there's been a couple of games where I've said the rule book definitely needed some work where the game actually wasn't as hard as the rule book made it out to be. Um, that is but, an underrated part of game making. Absolutely. I know that yep. I don't, I don't do real well with rule books anyway, and mm. I'm a big fan of FTP sports games. And I think he did a, you know, a, a pretty good job, but even still it was, it was a lot of work to get to know that game. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was worth it in the end, but they're definitely the, the getting to the point where you can actually play the game, uh, I think is more than half the battle. Yeah. 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 I mean, which is one of the reasons I, uh, you know, have my channel. Cause I feel like, um, there's probably a lot of people out there like me that are visual learners and, you know, once you can just see it in action, then it's like, oh, right, right. And then, then the rule book will start to click into place. And, um, but really, when I do a review, I want to show the game. I just want to, you know, initially show how it actually plays um, at some point in the video, you know, show all the components. And then I'll save any opinions or thoughts for the very end of the video. Um, and then, and, and really, I want people to, you know, make their own choice about a game. Um, well, and that, know, that's there's... one of the key, that's one of the key things is, and, and, and I'll, I'll sometimes be accused on the Delphi boards of being too negative, but I'll always preface everything by saying, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's my experience doesn't mean it'll be yours. And I'm yeah. always very clear when I leave a review on a game that it wasn't for me and here's why I prefer this over that. Um, and you know, like anything else, people can be very sensitive, but I, I agree with you that it's, um, you know, it, that's why I love today in our hobby because in the old days you had, you know, there was one big, there was like two big arguments. One was 50, 50 splits, you know, the strat style or APA uh-huh. or, and the other argument was facts versus dice. And I do want to cover those because they still are kind of the key engines that run things. But now, I mean, there really are so many games that you can find exactly what you like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were saying in your intro about it being the, the second golden age of of uh, sports board games and it it really is it's a it's a golden age for board games in general it's it's become a, a really big industry and there's a lot of a lot of big companies um producing games now and um it, you know so it's a it's a it's a great time and you've got you know big and small companies that are able to, to get their product out you know thanks to the internet and uh you know websites like game crafter where people can can upload their game and, you know, have it sort of be a print on demand. So there's really a, a low barrier to, to entry and it, you know, it allows, um, you know, people to have 
big ideas, but not a big to uh, you know to get their games out there, and then sort of let fans decide if if it's a uh, you know if it's a game they want to pick up. And, but they, yeah, they no, have, definitely. A, they, they have versions of old games that have been recreated and tweaked. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get two or three different types of versions of old status pro games. And yeah. really, I mean, it, what's so great about it is a, a, a game owner can take what they like from another game and kind of combine it with another game and come up with their own and the other thing that I think has really changed the landscape is the ability to send the games as PDF files. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, especially to customers that aren't in the country of the game designer, um, because it, it, it the, allows uh, you, it allows you to, to, you know, I don't like to print out, I, I, you know, I just don't have the space or the bandwidth. I play a lot of computer versions like action PC uh, sport games, but I find that I miss that board game feel, but there's Mm -hmm. some really great games out there now, like Tom Mink's basketball game, uh, Jeremy's games at FTP sports, which are hybrids that you can print it out and play it on your board top, or Mm -hmm. you can use Excel and play it on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you know, and it's another, uh, it's another thing that lowers the the barrier to entry. If um, you know, somebody's in Italy, and uh, you know, wants to buy the latest season for their favorite game, instead of having to buy it and then pay some ridiculous shipping fee and then pay a an import tax on it, they can just, you know, and then get it like two months later, they can get a PDF of it and have it instantly. So. Um, well, and that's another nice thing. In the old days, and all the old timers who decide to listen to this can relate to this, you know, you put your order in, and it was a matter of, you know, five, six business days till they got your order, you know, and they got your check. And some companies waited until the check cleared, right. and then they would <laughs> mail out the game. And as a 10 to 15 year old kid, every day it was running down to the mailbox to see if your game came. Now, I mean, like Action PC Sports, if you buy a season, you get the download immediately. And there's a lot of the board games with the PDF where the same thing happens. So it really is a great time to be alive if you like our hobby. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Yeah, no more, uh, no more. Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and then there's the forums where people can talk about the games. There's people like yourself. Um, I, I know that there are other guys too who will literally play a whole game and and do it for YouTube. So mm-hmm. if you really enjoy a game, it's easy to say go and look online go look at youtube go look at the videos and 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 some of these game companies allow you free downloads of their computer versions but Mm -hmm. so you i've seen how you lay everything out but what makes a good game to you what you know do you have you noticed what really engages you versus not well my the biggest thing that i always look forward uh, or you know that I look for in a game is when I finish it. If I immediately want to play another game, then I know that that's a good game. 
that's that's sort of my my litmus that's test. That's a great way to think that, of it. Yeah, um, if I if I get done a game and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm ready to, where, where, to relax. Where's and my do... replay baseball? Where's my yeah. play? Where's my yeah. play game? Um, so yeah, so that um, and and then beyond that, I um, I really like a game that is not necessarily a small footprint, but you know, one that's a manageable size, and so that you don't have like several sheets and boards like scattered you around you don't want to be spending half your time looking for an answer to an at-bat yeah 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 that, that makes sense yeah um you know and then uh just look for a game where it just you know makes sense where everything flows together and you see where things connect um you know and then it captures the feel of you know the the, the sport that it's representing um, you know, I, there's a lot of great, you know, quick play games out there that'll sort of instantly give you results. Um, I'm a, and, I'm a, I make, I make my own. I, uh, if you've ever heard of simple and sound games, um, I have a couple Excel games that you can play a game in, you know, five minutes. It's, they're not one role games, uh-huh. but you, you know, so, uh, yeah. I, and, and I enjoy, and there's definitely different types. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so you go all the way from that then to, to games where, you know, you're looking at, you know, two, three or more hours where you're playing through. And, um, I, I definitely, I feel like about 35 to 45 minutes is sort of my sweet spot for playtime. Um, you know, especially now with two young kids where, (laughs) or maybe I'm, that's all I'm going to get. In a day, for um, all of us, time is initially. right. Um, you know, so Sorry, uh, no, no. So, so I definitely my uh, you know my bias is is towards the games where you know they have a nice, easy setup. You know, where just you know in a couple of minutes you're you're rolling the dice and you got things going. Um, you know, and I I try to say that in my reviews and um, you know that that's sort of my point of view and if uh you know if if you have a similar point of view then you'll agree with me and if if not then then maybe we'll disagree on uh, on what makes a game but which that's, is that's... okay which is okay too yeah. i mean the ftp games are really involved and it really took me a while to get over my 35 to 45 minute hang up because i was the same way and mm-hmm. then i realized that if a game that i enjoy takes two hours it's okay but oh sure yeah it it really depends you know uh, the way i describe those games is it think of an instant replay of a play you see every you know they'll show you the offensive line defensive line and then how the quarterback reacts to that and then they'll pan to the receiver and if the defensive back makes a play on it that's ftp sports well, instant replay takes longer than regular. And mm-hmm. I find that on for me, I like both. I like having an in-depth game where I really get the feel that I'm, I'm watching the game unfold. And then there's a times when I just want a result and to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so what are some of your favorite games? Have your favorites changed over time? Yeah, yeah. Um 
because for the longest time, uh, replay baseball was my favorite game because it was, you know, sort of like your first love. And, you know, I got into that and I just I dove into it. And actually, um, the uh, the replay games forums over on the Delphi site, uh, they have a fantastic uh, crowd of players there and they always have a, uh, a co-op season every time a new baseball season is released and actually every time a new basketball season is released um and uh, you know you can go in and you can play as many games as you want and report the uh you know your results and um so yeah That's so i think very it was cool. the, yeah yeah so it was the uh the 2000 i think it was the 2008 season set that i first got into that and i just remember i um, I played so many games with the Washington Nationals that I knew who their like third string catcher was <laughs> that year. I, I kind of got on a, a winning streak with them, and so I just kept playing their games out. And um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun and definitely a way to uh, sort of share your, you know, your experience, your experiences uh, with other players. And it was you know, great community. Actually, it's still a great community that they they still have those going on with every new new set that gets released. That's very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, I've always been a bit of an all-time great fan. And if a if a, uh-huh. a board game doesn't have easily and reasonably priced, and I mean the guys on the boards are probably sick of me talking about this, but you know I don't want to have to spend three hundred dollars to get the greatest teams. I just won't buy the game. Uh-huh. Um, I don't mind paying. You know I don't expect all the great teams in one set. But I do get a little peeved when, you know, there's 14 greatest sets and they're each $25. It's like, all right, guys, you know, really $25 for eight teams for a PDF? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, every, you know, so that for me is like, you know, I won't like replay games uh, as much as they're starting to do some greatest sets. But I've never really dealt with them or inside games. Although I, I find the inside games to be very much to my liking in the sense that they remind me of Status Pro. Uh, I, I do think they're based off of that. Okay, yeah. Those, those games. So uh, I digressed and talked about me a little bit. but Oh, no, you know, no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the things that I, I think is really uh, one of the more fascinating topics in the hobby is the difference between uh, dice and uh, fact cards. And for those who don't know what fact cards are, basically the results are written in about anywhere from four to 12 places on the card and you shuffle the deck. And as you turn it, you're looking for the results on on the fact card versus rolling the dice and then looking on the card. Do you have a preference? And do you also think that there are certain styles of sport that are better for one or the other. Sure. Well, um, yes and yes. <laughs> I, I prefer dice, um, but there are definitely sports that I feel are much better with a fact deck. Um, so baseball is my, is my biggest love and uh History Maker Baseball is the game that I've played the most of. I've probably played over 500 uh, games of that now. Um, and I couldn't imagine flipping over a, a fact deck 
to get through that. Um, there's just something so great about resolving an at bat with a roll of the dice. It's just, it's a very, you know, a kind of a captured moment in time. And I feel like there's nothing better than rolling the dice and seeing what happens. Um, but with a, a sport like basketball, I feel like that is perfectly made for a fact deck because there's sort of so much going on during each play that if you had to roll dice, you know, to say like, oh, okay, the point guard's bringing the ball up the book court. Let me roll the dice. Yep. He makes it up the court. Let me roll the dice to see, does he call a play? You know, um, whereas if you have a fact deck, it sort of automates a lot of that and you just get to the who's taking the shot. And then if the shot is missed, you know, who grabs the rebound. Um, so I feel uh, that basketball, there's a, a couple games that I played that use a fact deck. And I feel like that's a, um, that's a great sport to use those. But, um, but I, I baseball, agree with you, uh, by yeah. the way, I'll interject. Sure, um, yeah. In general for baseball games, I, I, I don't want a fact deck. I, I just think it's counterintuitive. You know, part of it might be what I, again, first love was uh, APA and Stratomatic. Those are our dice. Mm -hmm. But um, and basketball, my first love was Status Pro, which was facts. And I find that, you know, games with a flow are better with facts. Yes. Because it's easier to get in the flow and it feels more like the game. Like you said, it's clunky to roll the dice for every little thing. Uh -huh. And where baseball, since it's kind of a pitcher batter matchup, I think the dice is a better way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel. It's, um, uh, it, well, because like for instance, uh, replay games uh, for their baseball game, they do have a fact deck that you can order, and they're they're beautiful looking cards. You know, they're uh, really great quality, and they do work. And you can get it. Um, you know, probably shaves five ten minutes off of game time. But I get done playing, and it's it just doesn't feel right. It just it feels like I'm doing something else. It doesn't. I don't feel like I'm as engaged. Um, it just I feel like it it removes me one step from uh you know from the whole pitcher batter battle um that uh something about the you know the dice hitting the table uh i agree really and, and i feel just the opposite for um basketball if you know if i had to sit there and roll die i i just don't think it would feel right and mm -hmm. it's just an interesting dynamic in the way that it goes. One of the things I like about FTP's baseball game, and I always like to say that, that that's the game that I always wanted, even though I didn't know I wanted it. And uh -huh. I'll just give you two quick examples. One is, and, and he, his game is on the computer, you play with a, an automated die, but it's fact cards if you play it out on a board deck, but uh -huh. it's a weird way that they work. But the point is, I love that it's a one to a hundred roll. You know, one of the things, you know, in the old days you had to use six sided dice. That was, right. you know, I never even saw a 10 sided or bigger die until the eighties. Uh -huh. uh, you know, so the, the, the games were kind of locked into that six by six or, um, you know, the sports illustrated games had a little bit of a different die, but based off of the six 
side of dice, you know, with a hunt, you know, what I love about it is to me, realism, it's much easier to get realism on a one to a hundred scale. When you look at a batting average, 273, I mean, three, three, you know, 10 sided dice and you can get right to that number. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like is he has warm up pitches. And one of the things I always, when I would play board games as a kid, I'd always imagine if the pitcher had his stuff that day, you know, mm-hmm. you know based on the results on the dice. Well, in, in FTP's uh, dugout steps, you actually roll in the beginning and, and you, and you, on four different categories, the, the pitcher either has his normal stuff or better stuff and mm-hmm. better control. So for me, that's what I like about that game. Um, but I also like the old, you know, I, I decided this was the big thing when I was a kid. You know, Stratomatic had the 50-50 system where APA um, was more all on the on the uh cards and then the charts would adjust Do you, did you have a favorite when it came to that i know a lot of people don't like the 50 50 system but I, I never had a problem with it um if you had asked me um before history maker baseball came out i i said i wouldn't have had a preference um but since that's come out i feel like the 50 50 uh setup it just it, it misses something, um, and it it, it feel it's like every at bat you're sort of flipping a flipping a coin, um, you know, and it's it's possible that somebody could get a result, uh, you know, just off the other person's card. I don't, and I don't know. There's just something about that. I, I feel like it it worked. I mean, it, it still works, you know, and it's a it's a it's a fine system, but um, I feel like it doesn't really capture sort of the, the nuance of of uh baseball and what things can happen um you know once the players step between the the lines um so well, you're I, making I, me want to try history maker i i did try second oh, season in fact i can uh-huh. see it from where i'm sitting part of it was my eyes aren't as good as they used to and i thought the book was oh. small but i i just couldn't engage you know it just didn't engage me for whatever reason right yeah um, well second season I, is, I, um, I i just keep hearing about this history maker baseball it, it's it, it it really is it's 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 an amazing game and especially if uh if what you're saying what you like about ftp sports um their dugout steps game um it, you're going to love all the, the pregame uh, events that can happen with history maker baseball. Um, and especially it's, it's a really great experience to play over a course of a season because um, each team can have um, two um, till further notice events going on with their team. And those could be a player has um, an extra batting quality added to their card and so until you roll a third till further notice that player has that so maybe a player that normally would only be um you know like a a 250 batter um he suddenly gets the hero quality and he's just tearing it up and he goes on like that for you know 
for a span of 15, 20 games. And then all of a sudden he loses it. And then he goes back down and, um, and you know, you look at the course of a season and that's what happens to players. Suddenly, you know, a player will do interviews after a game and they'll say that, you know, it looked like a beach ball coming in. I just, <laughs> I couldn't not hit it. And, um, and, you know, so things like that will happen, uh, through the course of the season and, and it's just such a great experience and um and just the fact that you're you know you you look at the cards and they just have qualities and so it actually humanizes the players they're not just a spreadsheet in front of you that you can you know coldly calculate <laughs> what they're going to do it, it uh you know it uh it, it makes it baseball that's it, you know you're you're always going to be playing hunches and you know obviously the players that are obviously better are going to stand out um, from the others. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with the middle of the pack, sometimes you're not really sure which player you should put in. And that's, that's part of baseball is, is doing that. And then just seeing who gets hot over the course of the season. And then when they cool off and you got to replace them. And um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely an experience. It's, it's worth, if nothing else, it's worth just picking up the, um, you know, the main set and, and playing out, it comes with the, uh, the 1975 world series teams, you know, so you can kind of get a, a taste of, of what the game's like there. And, um, but yeah, it, it do they have an old time great set. They do. Yeah. They, uh, they have an all time franchise, great set. They have, um, two different sets out now and those are actually in color. Um, they, so they look really great, but not the great. Um, they, they do have great, um, they have, um, what they call a fall classics set. Oh, so it's great. Cool. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, there's two different sets of those that are, you know, some of the more famous world series matchups. Uh, I always and, felt, and, and I think your game that you're describing is kind of the antidote to what always malazed me about replaying seasons. I felt like if I replayed the season and it was too close, well, then why am I doing this, right? Uh But if it was too far apart, then I'd be like, well, the game engine must have some flaw, and I wouldn't enjoy it for that reason. And I know I'm a tough audience. But with History Maker, what I'm liking about what you're describing to me is that there is more variance, but it's based off of something, right? You know why it's you know that 250 hitter who goes on a on a tear because he's got the hero card well yeah it was luck while it happened but at least you know why it happened mm-hmm. you know not that some guy is hitting you know 400 instead of 350 because the math in the game is off right so i i, yep. I like that um and i and i think that might solve a little bit of why I, you know, and the other thing I always would say is I know what happened in the 1976 season, right? I, uh-huh. I I know what happened. The Reds won it. They beat the Yankees in the World Series, and uh, it was four games to nothing, and that's uh-huh. just how it went. But what I don't know is how the 76 Reds would do against the 78 Yankees. And that's uh-huh. why I've always kind of enjoyed uh, greatest teams, but that's you know again it's like uh, one guy likes blondes, another guy likes brunettes. There's no right answer there. <laughs> right. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I I like doing things like that and mixing and matching teams up and playing what ifs and um, you know, so so definitely um, that the all time franchise greats sets are uh, are kind of neat for that. So you know, so you have a, a team's greatest players like all together. And, uh, yeah, you know, and so yeah. that never interested me as much because I don't know. And again, you know, it's, you know, it's the blondes and the redheads, uh-huh. you know, uh, and, and I, and I know those are popular sets. So, uh-huh. um, it, it just, it's just a matter of what you like. So, um, sure, other sure. than history maker baseball, what, what's your favorite football and, uh, basketball games right now? And, and do you even like hockey games? Um, yeah, I, uh, so second season is my, my favorite football game. Um, actually I have it out on my table right now. I'm playing out a, um, season with the, the fictional set that came out last year, the football America sets. Um, and then, uh, replay basketball is, is still my favorite basketball game. Um, there's been a few that I thought were going to knock it off the throne, but, um, it just it just works. It has it has such a good system um, and uh, does a really good job every year of updating the cards and um, you know some little graphical touches that he's done over the past few years. You know, so it looks really nice. Um, and you know, so I, I I keep coming back to uh, to, to replay basketball. Um, hockey is um, that was my that was my like third favorite sport as a or I guess my fourth favorite sport as a child. We, we, we were a basketball family in my house, so we didn't watch hockey. <laughs> so I, I didn't really grow up appreciating the, uh, the nuances of, of hockey, but, um, so, but I have, uh, I have played out a few seasons. Um, the, uh, hockey blast game from, uh, from play.com is, is still my favorite hockey game. Um, and that's a, that's another game that uses the, uh, the qualities on players. Um, and that was the, uh, it was the first game that used that that blast game engine. These recreated with the uh, with two other games now. So, um, well, I so I give him a one. lot of credit, even though I I don't know that that's for me. I give mm-hmm. him a lot of credit for creating a niche for himself and for making games that people really seem to enjoy. You can follow uh, Steve Tower on his YouTube channel where he does an excellent job updating people in the hobby on the news and he does great reviews of games. It it is a golden age, Steve, isn't it? It it is. It actually it absolutely is. And there's um it, there's just so many uh you know good games out there that the real problem is finding time to, to play them all and um but yeah there uh there's almost any sport you can think of somebody is has made a game <laughs> version of it um you know whether it's horse racing or uh, rugby um there's even an australian rules football game out there so um you know so so yeah the the internet's a, a great tool and uh you know you can find a lot of a lot of things out there and yes and then of course you can tune into my to my new show every uh, every tuesday evening to to see what's 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 going on in the sports board game world and if someone wants huh. to follow you on Facebook or Twitter, Steve, why don't you tell them how they can follow you there? Sure. So it, it, uh, my Facebook page, it's uh, facebook.com slash AFRSteve. And then I'm on Twitter at Stephen Tower. 
Well, I um, you can find me at, at on Twitter uh, at Todd from PA. The Todd's with one D, so T O D F R O M P A. And if you are a game uh, company owner and you enjoyed this uh, little segment with Steve, and you'd like to come on and explain what you know the thought processes behind your games, please feel free to contact me on Twitter. I would love to be able to continue to give um, an audience, or I don't know if I'm using the right word, but I, I, I love doing these types of interviews. I love the hobbies. And Steve, I'm really glad you came on. I appreciate it very much. And I thank you for being here. Oh, it, it's been a lot of fun, Todd. I'd uh, love to come back on uh, in the future. Hey, anytime you think you have something interesting to talk about, please feel free to uh, copy me. I mean, this the one again from the podcaster standpoint. We're at the golden age of communications. Yeah, uh, we can yeah. we can absolutely do that. And I very much appreciate you again coming on. Um, going to let's see, how am I gonna you know. When I was a kid, I had a friend named Gary, and unfortunately, he passed. And we would stay up all night playing APA, and we were big Springsteen fans. So in honor of my friend Gary and the hobby and our our all-night stands, I'm going to leave the show with this song by Bruce Springsteen. Thank you all for listening, and hope to catch you soon. for you.